0: good to see everyone this morning. It's good to be amongst God's people. It's good to be um, in the presence of our Lord as we come together on the first day of the week to sing the praises to him that he so richly deserves, to gather around the table and to remember the death of our Lord and what great price was paid for our sins. It is such a wonderful Thing, to be able to join our voices together in prayer and song, and, and to be edified by each other's presence. Thank you all for being here this morning. I want to talk this morning about um, newness of life. If you're there, and if you're not there still, turn to Romans chapter 6. I want to remind ourselves of what Jack read there a moment ago. Such a wonderful, beautiful thing that Paul writes a, about here, and that is, going down into the waters of baptism and coming up to walk in newness of life. I wanted to talk about this message in, in light of the events that have happened in the past couple of weeks where a fine young man, Travis, was baptized just a couple of weeks ago. He recognized that he needed to repent of his sins. He heard the gospel and he, he believed what he heard and he realized he needed to repent of those sins and he realized and knew who the son of god is and that is jesus christ and upon that confession he was baptized and he did exactly what paul is talking about right here where he says there in verse 4 therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death in order that as christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father so we too might walk in newness of life what a beautiful expression that is i've had time to the, the privilege to spend some time with Travis, and I can tell you that, that he is walking in newness of life. And it's such a wonderful blessing. He is making changes in his life. He has recognized that uh, there's a, a good life out there for those who are obedient to the Lord. And it's such a blessing. It's such a um, wonderful thing to witness it. And so I will say this to begin with, let's continue to encourage Travis and, and as he walks in this new life of his, reach out to him and, and, and encourage him along the way. I want to spend a little bit of time exploring this a little bit more with the idea of newness. Scripture has so much to say about it, about the, the old self and the new self, and it's expressed in many different ways. And I wanted to talk this morning about a few of those things, and first of all, let's understand about a new place. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Again, Paul expressing so beautifully some of these sentiment. In Ephesians chapter 2, he begins by talking about uh, a former condition uh, that we were, and, and that is when we were in our sins. In Ephesians 2 verse 1, he says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. In which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of the air, of the spirit of this now, and the spirit of this now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our own flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. That describes our our old condition. Those of us who have put on Christ through baptism, that it describes the old state in which we were in. And what a miserable state that was, walking according to the course of this world. You know, if we go around and, and, and think that the world's standards are our standards, and, and that's okay if we meet the world's standards, we're, we're missing it. We're missing it. There's a higher standard. And Paul talks about that. He talks about a, a fantastic new condition that we can have. Rather than walking in darkness, we can walk in the light. Verse 4 He says, But God, being rich in His mercy because of His great love, with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with Him, and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, in order that in the ages to come He might show the surpassing riches of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Not that of your own selves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works that no one should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This word walk's going to keep coming up over and over again. And it's the idea, as we'll talk about in just a few moments, that there's something behind that. It's not just randomly chosen, there is something behind that. And we'll talk about that. But the works that we can, that we can walk in, as I said, is a, is a fantastic new condition that we can walk in. We, we can put to death that old man of sin, and we can walk in newness of life. We can walk in such a way that we are pleasing to God, and it's a fantastic new condition in which we can walk. No longer in darkness, no longer according to the world, but according to what God has said that we can enjoy. You mentioned there about the heavenly places. Something that I wanted to just touch on as we think about this, sometimes we lose track of and lose thought of uh, what Scripture tells us about our soul. You know, we're, we're, we're in this world. Our soul is trapped, in, trapped in, this, in this physical body. But there's a time where we'll put, we'll put off the body, and our soul will live on forever. But Scripture tells us about the, this idea of, of what's going on in the spiritual realm, and you look over in chapter 6 of Ephesians, where Paul is talking about uh, this warfare that's going on. In verse 10 of chapter 6, he says, "...finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God, that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places." Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist the, the, the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. I think sometimes we lose track of, of what it is that we're doing as Christians. Paul says we're at war. And we're, it is our spirit that is war. And, and we fight that war by being prepared and by, by being active in the kingdom. And in so doing, in the spiritual realm, we're engaged in that battle. So we're beating back the forces of darkness and the the forces that wage war against uh, righteousness. Have you ever thought about it that way? We get wrapped up in our own lives a lot. And I think we lose sight of this. What are we doing to help in the battle that's going on in the heavenly places? Paul said that's where we are. That's where our soul is. That's where our spirit is think about it in those terms what are we doing to help wage that war and he tells us what we need to do put on the full armor of God he goes on to talk about all the different parts and and finally that sword of the spirit which is the word of God to take that up and wield it appropriately and effectively another thing we talk about new is the idea of a new walk in Ephesians 4, in verse 1, it says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, entreat you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling with which you have been called. The idea here, and I mentioned a minute ago, the word is not just random. The word walk. We think about walking. We think about doing something actively. We think about being engaged in something. We're not, we, we don't just stand around. The word, the word there is walk, not don't stand. Now, other places it says stand firm in the truth right but the idea here is that we are participating in it we are moving forward we are being active in it and that's very important in our, in our understanding of all this is that it's not just that we can stand around we have to be active we have to be engaged Paul uses the word, the word walk some seven times here in the book of Ephesians alone the idea is we need to be active Walk in such a manner worthy of your calling. And the context here is that think of what high price our sins have been paid and and at what high cost it is that we're able to walk. So he says there to do it in such a way um, that's worthy of that calling. And that is that new walk. Not worldly, but walking in the light. Walking according to what God has told us. One of the ways he expresses it here in in Ephesians is over in chapter 5 is the idea of walking in love. Look over in chapter 5 of Ephesians, verses 1 and 2. Paul says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. Just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us and offered an offering and sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Walk in love. We put those things together, the idea of walking being something that we do actively, that we're engaged in and not just passive about it. And if we walk in love, then we need to be active about our love. So are we active about our love? Do we express our love to each other, especially our brethren? Do we do things to, to show that and to, and to show kindness and, and sincerity of heart towards each other? And are we doing things maybe behind the scenes that, 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 that show our love? Or are we contributing like we should? Are we attending like we should? Those kind of things that, that we may take for granted, those show our love. Those are how we express ourselves, how we walk in love. To Make sure that we are actively doing those things. One other new thing that we can talk about is the idea of a new creation. Look with me over to 2 Corinthians, chapter 5. A new creation. 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, beginning verse 17. It says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature, or a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to him through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and he has committed us to the word of reconciliation. Focus in on what it says there. New creature, old things have passed away new things have come. Baptism is such a wonderful uh, event in that we, we, we get to draw that line from the old person between the new person. It's at that moment we wash away our sins. And we can be that new creation. The old things have been done away with. They're past. Now we have opportunity to walk in newness of life. We have opportunity to be this new creation, this new creature. And he says there, all these things are from God who reconciled himself through Christ. All this is made possible through Jesus Christ. Once those wheels were set in motion, all the way back there in the, in the creation story when, when Adam and Eve made that terrible mistake, these wheels were set in motion. And it took that time for God to, to lay out his plan of how he was going to restore man back to himself, how he was going to reconcile man back to himself. And so we have that story for us in the word of God. And what a beautiful story it is. But it all culminates in Jesus Christ and Him dying for our sins on the cross, giving us the opportunity to be reconciled back to God so that now, even though we're, I keep saying trapped, but I think you understand, we're in these mortal bodies, but there's an eternal soul that dwells there. And we can walk in newness of life, and we can, even though we're in this world, we can walk in those spiritual places. Because we are walking according to what God has told us. We walk in the kingdom, and the spiritual realm. What a blessing it is. But it's a high cost of this that has been paid, as I mentioned. But that high cost helps us to um, not have to pay that high cost. Back in Romans 6, when Paul is talking here, about what Jesus has done. He says there, verse 1 of Romans 6, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who have died to sin still live in it? Now this is a little argument here at the beginning of this and saying, well, if God's grace is so wonderful and it has given us the opportunity to uh, for Jesus Christ to come, let's keep on sinning and see what he might do next. That's a terrible way to think of it, isn't it? Paul says, may it never be. That's not the point. Verse 3, how how are you going to continue in sin? We've died to sin. We can't continue in it. Verse 3, it says, or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Jesus paid that price. He paid the ultimate price of death so that we don't have to. He led the way. So now our death is, is, is a watery one. And we get to come right up out of it. We don't have to spend that time in the ground. We we go down in the waters and we are are pulled right back up. And we've been resurrected in that moment. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism. Verse 4, we've been buried with him through baptism. That's how we come in contact with the blood, with the death of our Lord. In order that Christ may be raised from the dead in the glory of the Father, just as As Christ, we read about it, we know about it. It's the gospel message that he has been raised. And just as he has been raised, so we too might walk in newness of life. As Jesus came forth from the grave, ascended into heaven, in that way we have that opportunity too, that we can walk in newness of life. And that's what the resurrection is all about, and our resurrection We too might walk in newness of life, verse 5, for if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, that's when we go down into into the watery grave of baptism, that's how we are like him in death, certainly we shall also be likeness in the resurrection. Just as Jesus walked in newness of life, so we too also. And one day there's going to be a time where we will be resurrected we will have the opportunity to stand in front of our God and give an account for what we have done and to hear from him, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. I want to leave you with just a couple of more thoughts. Here in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11, Paul writes there, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Do you understand what he's saying? These kind of people, those who, let let me rephrase that, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But what does he say there in verse 11? And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. I think sometimes we, once we become a Christian, and maybe we have been for a long time, we forget about what it means for someone to come out of the world. Especially later in age, later in, as a, uh, in their age. They come out of the world at a late age, we might think, well, what have they been doing? Why, why it took them so long? Let's so remember passages like this, where Paul says, talking to the corinthian brethren he says such were some of you but what but what you've come out of the world and how such were some of you were washed you were sanctified you were justified in the name of the lord jesus and when someone does that we need to respect it and understand that we've all come out of the world one time or another we've come out of the world and what's so wonderful about this and about the blessings that are in Christ in Jeremiah 31 as as the Lord is speaking to the prophet Jeremiah there and, and telling him about a new covenant that he's going to make with his people which will ultimately be the covenant of, under Jesus Christ he tells them there that it's going to be a better covenant made, built on better promises and it's going to be as we know it's going to be built on Jesus Christ and as he's Speaking that in Jeremiah 31 and verse 34, he says, I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. The Hebrew writer quotes this as he's laying out the argument for the law of Christ and, and the superiority of the law of Christ. See, under the old law, their sins were forgiven. But he says there that in every year there's a constant reminder of the sin. And that has to do with why these, these animals are being sacrificed year after year after year. That's the reminder of the sin. Their sins have been forgiven. But every year they're reminded of it because they have to slay those animals again and again and again. When Jesus came, he did it once for all. And so there is no reminder of sin. That's why we have this. That's why the Hebrew writer points to this and says, I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more we're forgiven of our sins, God remembers them no more. So we can walk in newness of life. We don't have to worry about being held down by those things that are in our past. We get to walk in newness of life. And what a blessing that is. So is. Let's keep that in mind, too, as we consider our brethren, we consider those around us in the world. That there's opportunity there. There's opportunity to put to death that old man of sin. And get a chance to start over and to walk in this beautiful new life that God has given to us. If you are subject to the invitation this morning, we we offer it. We offer this time that you can respond to the gospel call, that you can realize that I indeed need to change, I indeed need to put on Christ through the waters of baptism. We can assist you with that. We can study. We can baptize you. If as a child of God you have uh, lost your way in in this newness of life that you walk, make that right as well. Take the opportunity before this day is out to make things right with God. Whatever your needs might be, you can come forward as we stand and sing to encourage you.